Well, good morning. It's good to see you all this morning. Are you excited about the back-to-school program today? It's a big deal, I'm telling you. Something we should be uh, excited about and proud of all at the same time. Uh, And I think uh, Katie Whiting is going to come up and speak to us at the end of the service, kind of give us some instruction, I hope. I don't know much of what's going on. I've got some stuff I've got to deliver, uh, and I don't know where to go with So hopefully she'll tell me in a little bit. Well, I'll tell you what, I had no idea that I was going to be sharing with you today until late Thursday. And so um, I told Dwayne, I said, they're going to get a message that I've already shared. So what you're going to hear today uh, is a message that I shared last week at Union Grove Baptist Church. And this will be the third time that I've shared it in a week. And I will tell you, I don't think I can get tired of sharing this message. Um, The title of it is You're Beautiful, or You Are Beautiful. And so um, it begs this question. Do you believe you're beautiful? How many of you, by show of hands, would say, I'm beautiful? Yeah, I got three or four, five or six, seven. We'll, we'll see how, what you think here in just a minute. But you are beautiful. But here's the thing. And the reason uh, I've, I've gone here with this subject is because our society tells us that you have to look a certain way. You know, and I'm really getting sick and tired of hearing it. I'm, I'm really getting sick and tired of being, it, it being plastered on my TV and it coming to me on my news feeds, on my cell phone and stuff like that. Uh, our society says you have to look a certain way to be considered beautiful. Um, you have to be a certain height. You have to be a, a, a certain weight. And I told the first service, I meet both of those, just so you know. Yeah, uh, some would say you have to be a certain color to be considered beautiful. And one of the things that really hurts me the most is society says you must have hair. Doesn't that hurt, Mickey? You know, uh, that's what society says, that you have to look a certain way. You have to have certain standards. And we have all kinds of infomercials telling us what we need to look our best. Again, I'll just admit, I have stopped several times on that infomercial that talks about growing hair. I'm like, well, it may work, it may not, you know. And, you know, how many of you can remember the infomercial on hair in a can? You know, just spray it on, comb through it, and go get that new job because you look better than you ever have. You know, that's what 
the, the type of thing that we get plastered at us every day of our life. You have to look this way. You have to sound that way. You have to be this way. There's this cologne that I wear. The girls bought it for me for my birthday or Christmas one. And it shows this guy. It's a, there's a commercial right now advertising it on TV, and it shows this guy, you know, perfect body, jumping into the water and swimming through it and coming up, and the water's glistening off of him just right. And I, I told, you know, the church last week and the early service today that, you know, that commercial makes every man want to run out and buy a bottle of that. You know, and and then we get this magazine at home where I buy some shirts from L.L. Bean. And in the magazine, you know, they've got all these models in there. And not a single one of them looks like me. In the you know, so society tells us that you have to look a certain way. We have men and women, and this is crazy, but it's true. We have men and women from the pulpit, okay? Many of them are famous. They've, they've written books. But we have men and women from the pulpit telling us to get their new book, and for just $39.99, we'll be glad to send you a copy, and it will tell you all about what you need to have your best life and to look your best and to feel your best. You see, there's a, there's a how-to book for everything in our life, in our society. There's constantly someone telling you what you need in order to be considered beautiful in our society. Social media is bombarding all of us, especially our children. And our youth, hey, school's getting ready to crank back up for some, and it already has for many. And social media is bombarding our kids, our children, even us as adults, and telling us what it is we must have in order to be considered beautiful and welcomed in society. Our younger generations, they are going to therapy more than they ever have. Suicide rates continue to increase. I come across a couple numbers, and it says in 2018, suicide was the second leading cause of death for youth and young adults from ages 10 to 34. And in 2020, it says that suicide was highest among young adults ages 18 to 25. You see, there is way too much pressure. There's way too much pressure uh, being put on people to measure up. There's way too much pressure being put on us uh, to meet society's standards. Church, listen, 
We need to stop listening to all those lies. We need to stop listening to all the lies, and, and we need to stop being deceived. In John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus calls the devil a liar. He calls the devil a liar and the, the father of all lies. Now, listen. The devil wants nothing more. The devil wants nothing more for you and for me to feel bad about ourselves. And he uses many ways in our society to try to make us feel bad. Sometimes he uses your best friend that you thought was your best friend that points out that maybe you don't fit in with this ideal way of thinking in society. <clears throat> the devil wants nothing more than for you and me to feel bad. And he knows this, that if he can get you to feel bad about yourself, that God will not be able to use us the way he wants to. And today, church, I want to set things straight. I want you to know that you are beautiful. I want you to know that you are beautiful. And listen, don't you forget it. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 28, it says this, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock of all the earth, and the creatures that crawl upon the earth. Verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them, male and female. And then in verse 28, it says, God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. God made us in his own image. God made us in his own image. And let me tell you something. Our Heavenly Father is a beautiful God. Would you say amen to that? Our Heavenly Father is a beautiful God. He is beautiful in every way, shape, and form. There's no way He cannot be beautiful. We sing songs about His beauty. The Bible says we were made in His image. So if God is beautiful and we're made in His image, what does that make you and me? We are beautiful. And don't you ever let society tell you otherwise. Don't you let them uh, tell you anything but the fact that you are beautiful. In Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14, David says, For it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. In verse 14, David says, I will praise you 
because I have been remarkably and wonderfully made. You believe that today? You have been remarkably and wonderfully made by a God, by God that does not make mistakes, that only creates beautiful things. And David, he says, I have been remarkably and wonderfully made. And that word remarkable, I want you to listen this morning to some words that are similar uh, in describing that word remarkable. How about this one? Extraordinary. You believe you're extraordinary? Uh, exceptional. Amazing. Stunning. Last Sunday at Union Grove Baptist Church, I told Charlie Bramley, he was sitting right up here in the front row, and many of you may know Charlie, and anyway, I looked at him and I said, Charlie, you are stunning. Got a good laugh from the church. But I'm telling you, we are. We are stunning. Because we have been created by God. Don't you let anybody tell you anything different. Other words for remarkable are miraculous and striking. And then there's some similar words that describe that word wonderful. David says, I have been remarkably and wonderfully made. Well, listen to some of the words that describe wonderful. Magnificent. You're magnificent. Marvelous. Incredible. And how about this? Goes right along with the message today. Gorgeous. You are gorgeous. And then here's a two-part word that is similar that describes wonderful, and that is this, mind-blowing. Let me tell you, our Father, our Heavenly Father, God, is an amazing God. He is beautiful in every way, shape, and form, and He works in amazing ways, and He works in extraordinary ways, exceptional ways, stunning ways, miraculous ways, striking ways. He works in magnificent ways, marvelous, incredible, gorgeous, in mind-blowing ways. Our God is a beautiful God. And Paul, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, he says, We are, we are His, God's creation. Recognize it today. Own it today. We our God's creation. So this morning I want you to know and I want you to walk out these doors here in a little bit. I want you to know that you are this. You are wonderful. You are remarkable. And you are beautiful. You are that. In Mark chapter 1 verses 35 through 45, I want to read a story today that describes how Jesus sees us. And this is what it says. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he, Jesus, got up, 
he went out and made his way to a deserted place. And it says that he was praying. And Simon and his companions went searching for him. And it says that they found him and said, everyone's looking for you. And so Jesus said to them, so let's go. Let's go on to the neighboring villages so that I may preach there too. After all, this is why I've come, Jesus said. So he went to all of Galilee, preaching in their synagogue and driving out demons. And then in verse 40, it says, Then a man with a serious skin disease came to him on his knees and begged him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. And in verse 41, I love it. It says, moved with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. And he says, I am willing. Be made clean. And in verse 42, it says, immediately the disease left him and he was healed. I wanted to share that with you this morning uh, to where I could tell you this. Jesus did not see imperfection in that man. Jesus did not see the disease. Jesus did not see ugly in him. But rather it says that Jesus was moved with compassion because he loves him. He was moved with compassion because what he saw was a beautiful creation of God. And it says that he reached his hands out and he touches the man. Now back then, that was just simply unheard of. You didn't do it. In fact, these people that had skin diseases back then used to have to shout, unclean, unclean, to anyone who got close to them. But Jesus reaches out his hands and he touches the man. He didn't see ugly. He didn't see broken. He saw beautiful. And I want you to know today, church, when Jesus looks at you, he sees beautiful. He sees beautiful. Jesus does not look at us that the way the world looks at us. You know, society is really good about beating you down. You're too heavy. You're too thin. You're too poor. You don't fit in. Society's really good about beating you down. And it's coming at us from all directions. I want you to know today that you are beautiful. And there's nothing out there in society in this world that can take that beauty away from you. You are a child of God's. You have been created by Him. And He does not make mistakes. You're beautiful. I will say this this morning. There is one thing about us that is ugly. There's one thing 
and that is our sins. Our sin is ugly. And those sins, well, they separate us from God. God can't associate with you. But there's good news. There's good news today that God made a way. That God made a way for you and for me, and that way is his son, Jesus Christ. In John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, it says, For God so loved the world uh, in this way that he gave his one and only son, that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And then in verse 17 it says, For God did not send his Son into the world that he might condemn it, but that the world might be saved through him. Our sins are the ugliest thing about us. But God made a way. Jesus said it himself, For I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. I want you to know this morning that God loves his beautiful creations. He loves you. And he loves me. He loves us. And so I have this question for you. Do you know? Do you know the one who truly sees beauty in you. Do you know the one called Jesus? Now, I want to continue on a little bit this morning. You know, I, you've been told, and I, I hope it has sunk in, that you are beautiful. I hope you look at yourself and think of yourself uh, in a different way. You know, let me ask that question again. How many here today believe that you're beautiful? Well, a few more hands, but you are. So there, then I, I want to talk just briefly about how a beautiful Christian, how a beautiful Christian should live. And this goes along with uh, Brother Dwayne's series, and it talks about uh, the fruits of the Spirit. And a, a beautiful Christian, uh, that's us, uh, should be a loving person. Today, you have multiple opportunities to love. We should be a loving people, a beautiful Christian. In fact, in John chapter 13, verse 34, it says, uh, Jesus says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another how as I have loved you. Jesus didn't see the disease or the ugly in a man, but rather he saw the beauty. He loved him. The same way Jesus loved that man with disease, you and I have been commanded to love those out there in the world. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. 
a beautiful Christian should be a joyful person. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I, he says, again, I will say rejoice. And I can tell you as brothers and sisters in Christ, we have a reason to rejoice. And in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22, it says this, and I love it, that a joyful heart is good medicine. I'm telling you, today you have the opportunity to put in some good medicine by being the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. By loving others. Our joy levels, Stephanie, when you're cutting hair, your joy level's going to be higher in the kite. Angie, when you're preparing food for several people, your joy levels should be high. You know, uh, we have an opportunity today to rejoice, to be joyful. A beautiful Christian is full of peace. We are to be peacemakers. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, it says this. Jesus says this as he's teaching or preaching the Beatitudes. In Matthew 5, verse 9, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And in Romans chapter 12, verse 18, Paul says, If possible, so far as it depends on you, Live peaceably with all, or live peaceably with everyone. A beautiful Christian should be a patient person. Yeah, that was hard. Last Sunday, I told the church that. You know, my patients were tested. We've been redoing this bathroom at our house, or I have been, and it's been several weeks of waiting for our bathtub. And about this time, Christy chimed in out there at Union Grove and says, I've been very patient too. She has been. Because it's taken me a while to get it done. But I told the church that I temporarily lost my religion. I don't mind telling you that this morning because, you know, I am a sinner. I mess up. So I don't mind telling you that on this man on the other end of the phone at the lumber yard where we had ordered the tub, I temporarily lost my religion. Now, it wasn't that bad. I can tell you this, the result was we got the tub two days later. <laughs> but I probably failed that patient test. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, Paul says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and here it is, patience. That's the way a beautiful Christian should be. A beautiful Christian should also be a kind person. 
Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, Paul says, Be kind to one another. And I love this next word. Tenderhearted. Don't you love a tenderhearted person? Well, I do. Be kind to one another, Paul says. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And then in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 17, very wise, it says, A man who is kind benefits himself, but a cruel man hurts himself. And then, of course, we've heard this time and time again in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Paul says, Love is patient, and love is kind. A beautiful Christian uh, should be a good person. Psalm 37.3 says this, Trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, it says, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, Paul says, So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the household of faith. A beautiful Christian is should be full of faith. In Matthew chapter 21, verse 22, And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive it if you have faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please Him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. And a beautiful Christian, another fruit of the Spirit, a beautiful Christian must be gentle. It says that Proverbs chapter 15 verse 1 says, A Gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And then finally, a beautiful Christian must have self-control or self-restraint. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, For God gave us uh, a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And you know, self-control there is the ability to control oneself, in particular, one's emotions and desires. Church, I want you to know this morning that you are beautiful. That you have been created by a beautiful God, and you are beautiful. And as beautiful Christians, we must have these Nine things known as the fruit of the Spirit. And I want to read quickly to you what Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 25. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, Faith, gentleness, 
and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now, he says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. In verse 25, he says, since we live by the Spirit, we must also follow the Spirit. Amen? We are to possess as beautiful uh, Christians uh, these nine fruits, and you're going to hear more about them, I know, uh, from Brother Dwayne. But I want you to remember this morning that you have been wonderfully and remarkably made, and don't you let anybody tell you different. Don't you let anybody tell you different. And so I just want to close by asking this question. Do you know the one? Do you know the one who truly sees beauty in you? Do you know Jesus Christ today? We're going to have a time of decision here in just a minute. And if you're here today and you've never had a point in your life where you've accepted Christ as Lord, that time of invitation is simply that. If we invite you to come forward and say, today, I want to make today the day that I acknowledge Jesus as my Lord. If you're here and you've had a point in your life where you have accepted Christ, but you've never been baptized like to do that. We have a, a service coming up at the end of this month. We're going down the Iron Furnace. Maybe you'd like to uh, come forward and say, today I, I want to make the decision to be baptized. Or maybe you want to make Dorsville Baptist your church home. Man, we'd love to have you be a part. Whatever it is you have on your heart, I'll be down front, be glad to pray with you uh, during the, our time of invitation. Whatever it may be. Church, today we have an opportunity to be beautiful Christians to our community. We have an opportunity to pour out the love of Christ. Remember who you are. Remember who made you. And remember who you represent. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for an opportunity uh, to share just a little message today. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. And we pray that if there's anyone here that does not know Jesus, that, Father, you would speak to them through the way of the Holy Spirit, speak to their hearts and speak to their mind. Help them to step out and come forward and say, Today is the day I choose to follow Jesus. Father, we love you for all the many things that you've done for us, and we thank you for the opportunities that you put before us to serve our community, to love on others. Father, we thank you so much for seeing beautiful in us. We pray now that 
if there's a decision that needs to be made, that you'll speak to the hearts. We love you, God. Above everything, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his most precious name I pray. Amen.